Now, the Bobby Curran Show on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Bobby Curran Show. I am thrilled to be with you this morning. We have a lot to talk about. It is, uh, I thought, amazing what Joe Burrow did on basically one leg yesterday. It's very clear that that calf injury that people have been talking about is, is hurting him. First you heard ankle, then you heard calf. Have you heard this story before? Kevin Durant had much the same thing, and then... The calf injury led to blowing out his Achilles. They're trying to be very careful with Joe Burrow, but how do you be careful when you start a guy in an NFL football game? I mean, there's a limited amount of care you can take if you put him in that game. And Burrow is uncomplaining. I've come to appreciate his level of toughness. Uh, because mentally, there's no question he's tough. He got the win for them over the Rams, and the Rams are really struggling. I mean, for those, all those people that are still enjoying the Super Bowl win, that I, the fumes from that are evaporating, I'm afraid. That's just how it goes. But, uh, but a great performance, I thought, uh, by Joe Burrow in getting that team back. And, you know, you look at the numbers and you'll say, well, they're not super impressive. Keep in mind, the guy's in constant pain. They're going to be um, treating him all week this week to get him ready for next week. And that's been the deal Ever since, I don't know, ever since he was cleared to practice. I mean, that's basically what it comes down to. Can you stand the pain? Well, I guess he can uh, because he did. And that was a good game, and I don't think there was much of a surprise in the other one. So, uh, you know, with the Eagles beating Tampa Bay, that, that was kind of expected. I didn't, you know, it was 20, I want to say 24-11, 25-11, something like that. It was, uh, you know, it was a, it was a comfortable victory. But it wasn't one of the ones that just blows you out because I expected that outcome. Just saying. That seemed to be the one. Uh, we're going to talk some NFL uh, today and uh, quite a bit of it, in fact, because uh, I think this is a very key weekend for Hawaii heading to the desert uh, to take on the Rebels of, of UNLV. And I, I think this is despite the fact that Hawaii's a 10.5-point underdog I actually think they have a chance to win this game. Now, I'll, and I'll tell you why in a while. I think Hawaii's gotten a, bo- a boost of confidence with their comeback against New Mexico State. The things that are wrong with Hawaii are, for one, the f- offensive line is developing, and that takes time. That doesn't happen. That's like, here's five guys, let's go. They're, they're going to have to find a way to play better together. If they do... Because the re- receiving core is tricky good. I mean, they you, people may not look at, at some of these guys and think, gee, what are they? Well, let me tell you that McBride is a really good receiver and a veteran, and he can go up and high point a ball. He can get it in traffic. He can catch it, you know, over the back shoulder. He does a lot of things well. And then I think the surprise for me is Profeli Ashlock. I mean, Pafeli Ashlock is a really good football player. I don't think Hawaii would have had a chance at him if he hadn't been injured his senior year. I think he'd be a Big 12 guy. And who knows? Can you keep a guy like that? Well, you know, sometimes a guy comes in, he really loves the culture, he loves his buddies that, that he's playing with, and maybe he stays. 
But I always worry about that, with the, especially in the days of the NIL. I mean, because a team like Texas, if they decide they want him, they can come around and say, well, we'll start you at 100 grand, and that'll go up 50 grand with, you know, if this, this, and this happens. That is very hard for a lot of young kids to resist. I mean, in some cases, it's money that a family very badly can use. So I'm not surprised at what, what happens with the transfer portal. Um, and, the, and the NIL. I mean, the transfer portal is jacked because of NIL. That's really what's going on. It's about five minutes past the six o'clock, and uh, happy to have Liz in here f- filling in for Tanner Hayworth. So we're, we're just, uh, we're cozy in our prospective rooms here. And, uh, and we got, we're going to have a few things to, to get to before all is said and done on this thing. The, on the Rebels and the Rainbow Warriors. And, I, you know, I know some people will say, well, the Rebels are three and one, and they are. And Hawaii's two and three, and that's true. But I just don't see UNLV being great. I'm not saying that. I think, they're, I think they've played reasonably well and have been, I think, fortunate to be three and one. That's just my take on it. And you may have a different one. But let's see if Hawaii can put together, you know, I think that the, can they put together two halves? Because uh, the tale last week, frankly, against New Mexico State was they, they were a no-show in the first half and completely dominated the second half against the Aggies. I think we need to see the second half Rainbow Warriors for both halves. I think, frankly, if they do that, they beat the Rebels. This week. That's my take on that. Uh, I just think they can absolutely win that game. Because I'm taking a look at the Rebels' wins. I mean, let's, let's face it. You know, they, they not so good against Bryant. Good enough. Bryant. You're thinking, well, where is Bryant? Couldn't tell you. And that's what I'm talking about. This is not a football factory. And Bryant, they beat 44-14. to 14. Then they play at Michigan, and nobody expected them to win that game, and they didn't. It was 35-7. to Now, here's the one that's concerning. They beat Vanderbilt, a team that Hawaii has played, 40-37. to Okay, I get that. But Hawaii did not play well against Vanderbilt, made a lot of mistakes, were very much in that game, and ended up losing it 35-28 to at Vanderbilt. Was that a winnable game? You bet it was. And, and the, the Rebels won that game at home. I mean, that's just how it is. So they beat Vanderbilt in Las Vegas at Allegiant Field, and it was 40-37. to 37. So I look at that with the Rebels being home, Hawaii being on the road. That's kind of a wash, really, in terms of how I see that. And, and keep in mind, Hawaii made a ton of mistakes and could have won that game. Okay, let's look at the next game was at UTEP where the Vanderbilt— uh, rather, the Rebels win that one 45 to 28. Now, UTEP struggled. Well, I'm not saying they're not decent wins for the Rebel program that had really struggled. I think they're doing quite well, and their coach deserves some credit for how they've been playing because this is, they're more together than they've been in the past. And I, I actually am looking forward to it because they've got a lot of good things going on there. Now, uh, Barry Odom is the head coach now at UNLV. And that he is committed to having this team that plays in a great stadium. They get to play at Allegiant Field. I mean, that's, there's a lot of people that want to go. They're getting good groups traveling with their team. 
And why not? They all want to see where the Raiders play. You know, newest stadium in the NFL. I, I get that. And uh, having had a chance to call the game there, it's a lot of fun. The thing is, you can get lost getting to the press box. Trust me on that one. And uh, we had a gr whole group that looked like we were wandering pilgrims in the desert. We'd lost our camels. That's what it felt like trying to get into the press box there. It's nine minutes past six o'clock. If you have something you want to chip in with, well, how about this? 808-296-1420, and you can call or text. And Liz will uh, perhaps be so gracious as to read the texts if they come in. And so uh, why don't you go ahead and do that? And then you can hear, her, you can hear the dulcet tones of Liz on the board. And uh, yeah, it's a treat for you. It is for me. I would never met her till today. How's that? And, uh, but we're doing fine. And we're getting at 10 minutes past 10 o'clock. So if you have something you want to talk about, if you want to get to college football, something about the running Rebs, go ahead and give it to us because that, uh, that's going to be an interesting game on Saturday. That's my sense of that one. So let us get to this. This is a day game, all right? It's going to be a 2 o'clock, 1 o'clock kickoff in the desert. So for Hawaii, that's 10 a.m. And if you're going to watch this thing, it's 10 a.m. So I'm saying for players, probably a little bit unusual. But you know what? It's football. Once you get out, you're going to go out, and you're going to slam somebody, and you're going to feel like, okay, we're going. This is, this is a football game. So all they, that's all they need to do is play hard, play together, and eliminate some very basic mistakes. Pre-snap penalties. I saw Timmy Chang the other day, and I was looking for gray in his hair. Because I'm thinking that there's nothing that will do it. Like, you know, the constant run of false starts and, and, and people not where they're supposed to be or, or a receiver like not looking down at the ball and jumping off. That, those are the kind of things that you just, you, they keep you from winning. And, and Hawaii's one and three record, I think, is testimony to that. Now, I'm not saying Hawaii should, have be, should be undefeated because let me just tell you something. Oregon is really good. Oregon could get to the national playoff, I think. They've got, they've got it all. They've got depth on both sides. They can run the ball. They throw the ball. Bo Nix is a more than adequate quarterback. I think they can do quite well. Um, and they've laid a big points on folks, including uh, on our opponent, what was that, last week? I mean, I'm seeing people, oh, no, I'm comparing them to Colorado, actually. Because that Colorado game, they beat... Colorado as bad as they beat Hawaii. I mean, it wasn't there wasn't much difference. I mean, Hawaii was never really in the game, and neither was the Buffs. So Deion Sanders said after the game they got their butts kicked. He's right. They did get their butts kicked. There's no other way to look at that. And and I'm kind of thinking to myself, well, you know, the win over Vanderbilt for UNLV, we saw a Vanderbilt team that made mistakes too. And Hawaii couldn't capitalize. But keep in mind, that game was at Allegiant Field. Hawaii had to play at Vanderbilt. So there's a lot of comparisons you could make that would give you hope that Hawaii would not be a legitimately 10 and a half points uh, worse than the, uh, than the Rebels. we got to do this. Let's take a quick timeout. When we come back, our first guest, we're going to start to, we're going to talk a little 49er football with uh, Curtis Mariama. He is a huge fan, lifetime fan. And he knows chapter and book, verse about the San Francisco 49ers. He could write the book. So let's take this time out. Be right back after this on ESPN Honolulu. 
Welcome back on this Tuesday edition of the program. And I've got to say, we want to welcome a guest who probably is as enmeshed in his uh, his fandom of this particular team, yet he's pretty objective about everything else in sports. And maybe objective on the 49ers, too. Let's welcome Curtis Moriyama. He's the editor, uh, the sports editor at the Honolulu Star Advertiser. Hey, Curtis, how are you? Hey, how's it going? How I are have, you doing? Well, I'm okay. I, I was... Uh, Okay. I wasn't out, you know, wasn't depressed exactly after the Niners <laughs> drilled the Giants because really the score was pretty reasonable, thirty to twelve. There was no, yeah. there was yeah. no running it up or anything. But the outcome was never in doubt, and that's I think the thing with the 49ers. They're they're just so good at so many spots. Interior defensive line, you're going to get pressure led by Nick Bosa. Linebackers, Fred Warner leads the charge. I mean, you've got players, good players at every level. And then you go and uh, take a look at the offense. And, I, you know, here's the thing. Brock Purdy doesn't have to be great. He just has to be really, he just has to be adequate. Or, or let's maybe better than that. He just has Function, to be functional. Yes, functional. And, and maybe yes, yes. maybe as, as, I'd go as far as he needs to be good, but not great. Mm-hmm. Because those weapons are fantastic. I mean, McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and uh, George Kittle, it just goes on and on. I, I you mm-hmm. know, when mm-hmm. Brendan Ayuk comes back, they'll be better yet. So, yeah. anyway, I just think that that team is, I think it might be Super Bowl bound. Am I crazy? What do you think? Uh, no, no. The only thing that scares me is that they, they seem to be good now. And in the past, you know, like last year, they're a slow starting team usually. They go two and three. They lost to Atlanta last year. Then they went on this big run of ten in a row, or whatever it was, and stuff like that. But they seem to be starting like how they ended last year with a healthy Brock Purdy and and like that. So they seem to be pretty good. Um, you know, of course, you look around the league and you know, oh, Miami, wow, you know yeah. what they've done. So, uh, but they're they're but, on the uh, other side. The only way, yep. Yeah, you know, they would play Miami this year is in the Super Bowl. Oh, that would be nice. <laughs> I, I mean, I'd sign up for that. I think yeah, yeah, uh, the yeah. other thing that I love about this, and I'm going to have a Miami guest on from the media, because so many guys in Miami were slamming the Dolphins for having taken Tua number five in his draft year. I mean, a lot of people said, look at Justin Herbert. Well, let me tell you something. Right now, today... Who's playing better, Justin Herbert or Tua Tango Vailoa? I, I just, yeah. I think the answer to that one is pretty clear. He's, I mean, I'm not saying Herbert's not good, but his team's not doing great, and the Miami Dolphins are to say they're doing well. I think is an understatement because Denver looked like it was like they brought somebody up from a weekend league to play the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> you know, it was like crazy yeah, the yeah. difference. <clears throat> yeah. Sure, did. sure it was, and then just watching them and all the misdirection and everything, the speed, and it's it's scary good almost so when you watch Miami. And it's so entertaining. It's so entertaining. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like that Marino team with sure. Mark Duper, Mark Clayton, the, yeah. they call it the Mark Brothers and stuff like that. So way back in, what, 85 or something like that. So And then that's the Dan Marino's only Super Bowl, right? It was against the 49ers. In the, oh, wow. Uh, that one he lost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. I, I kind of feel, <clears throat> by the way, I, mean, I just want to start with this. I, mean, I don't know if you've been <clears throat> to Levi Field lately, 
because that seems to me to be a place where, uh, you know, you can, I think it's adequate, but a lot of people were complaining about it initially. What's your thought? Yeah, because it was, because it was hot. It's away from the vibe of the city. You just drive. If you just drive from San Francisco to Santa Clara, you feel the vibe difference. It's a different vibe going down there. So um, that was the complaint. It was hot, you know, and then not only that, but the city itself was at odds with the 49ers over so many things and payment and stuff like that. So, and, uh, and, not as many frills, it seems like. You don't see gigantic scoreboards or, or, or stuff like that, or shaded areas and stuff like that. But then um, I had a friend who just went up to the mainland, uh-huh. and he said there was a, a lot of 49er fans on that flight wow. last week. Last week going up, yeah, yeah. Wow. Because it's Hawaii, yeah, Hawaii fans, they like to probably like to see Vegas. You know, sure, you can like combine that trip pretty easily, yeah. Yeah, and now that Vegas has a team... You don't have to like Vegas. You go see the other team wherever Vegas is playing. You know, yeah, that's exactly. the team you go up to see. So, but um, yeah, it's it's the NFL. It's super exciting. All you know, so many good teams, so many good storylines. You know, like you said, the Forty Niners. They start they started strong this year, and um, you know, you you kind of look at that. You you hope this continues because. You know, the offensive line, Trent Williams, it's a little bit older and stuff like that. And, you know, everybody gets banged up along the way. So that's the big fear factor. You know, Christian McCaffrey being overused, you know, you know what happens after, you know, all that kind of stuff. Let me take a look with you at the schedule upcoming. Because after beating the Giants on Thursday, they have a pretty good number of practice days before they have yeah. Arizona at home. Arizona. I, I yeah. just, it's yeah. hard. I know Arizona just upset the Cowboys. But I have a hard time thinking they're going to pull off two big upsets in a row. Yeah, yeah, that got the 49ers' attention. Joshua Dobbs, okay, now you know he can run. Mm. He will run, and he'll do whatever. He was pretty accurate, 17 of 21, I believe. Yeah. So, you know, you, you got that. Um, and as long as the 49ers don't get caught looking ahead, because you know what the next game after that is, right? right. It's against Dallas. So, but it's also you know, at home. And yeah. I just yeah. thought, I thought Dallas's beatdown on the Giants, you know, wasn't as impressive as it might have looked, I think, because there was still critical, people were still critical of Dak Prescott and very critical of him after this Arizona upset. Yeah, going into this game, this is, well, that's because Dak hasn't done, hasn't had to do anything, really, you know, in those first two victories. He still would be still were conservative and stuff like that. He says he's going to come a time. He's going to come a game where he trails. He has to bring him back and stuff like that. And then you will see. And, and sure enough, that's what happened against the guard the Cardinals, right? They trailed. He had to bring him back. He had a red zone. He had an end zone pick actually. But um, I, I think the Cowboys just were looking ahead. We were flat. I mean, when when Micah Parson goes on his podcast and says there's only X amount of games so I care about is two with Philly, one with San Francisco, and again with San Francisco in the playoffs. You know, and then it kind of wow. shows you the, mind, the mindset, right? Because that means he's just missing all the other teams. So, yeah. but One well, of those other teams it, just gave him a butt whipping. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. So, you know, and, and they ran for over 200 yards against something. That's almost kind of surprising. 
Well, it tells well, I mean, it tells me know. that Dallas has a, this has some holes, you know, some vulnerabilities that they haven't thoroughly addressed yet. Yeah, yeah, and then it's 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 still kind of an emotional game if your your mind's not into that game. Wow, you get exposed. You get you know exposed pretty fast because in the NFL there's no tanking. You know, yeah, <laughs> you know you might see that in the NBA. But in the NFL, you only have 17 games, and teams and players are, are so competitive. They don't. There's no tanking involved usually. You know, n- not until the very end. Yeah, there's none of those rest periods that the NBA players want love yeah, so much. Yeah, 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 exactly. So. Well, but, but um, here's the danger. Yeah. I think the danger for the 49ers, although they don't, not a team that seems prone to it, but they, you know, they could be. A, falling into the trap of looking ahead to Dallas and sort of in, it's a good thing that Arizona beat Dallas because I, I think mm-hmm. otherwise the 49ers would have been in, in danger of overlooking them. Yeah, especially since last year they, they, they kind of whipped them twice. You know, they, you know, I think one was in Mexico and stuff like that and just watching the games last year I said, man, Arizona quit on them. You know, yeah. uh, at the, especially the one at the end of the year, it's just like, wow, they didn't give up much of didn't put much of a fight. So, and, you know, I don't know what to, and Arizona's sitting pretty. If you look ahead, they have Houston's first-round pick, and they have their own first-round pick, and it looks like uh, they're going to be sitting pretty, building that roster up again, whether it's a quarterback, although Kyler Murray's still on, on, on contract, but who knows with Caleb Williams sitting there and if they ever get the number one pick. You know, and it's he, Caleb Williams is generational, I think. Yes, I agree with you. And yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to see, I think, special things from USC because they have him at quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that yeah. just seems likely. All, well, good, all good the, stuff. The Pac-12. All the Pac-12 is good quarterbacks. Cameron Bard, Paul Nix, Michael Phoenix Jr., Caleb Williams. You no, know, it's you really good. And, and, and yeah, fu- it's yeah. funny because none of those guys will be at, in the Pac-12 next year. Yeah, that's they're yeah, all gone. I just you know, the story yeah. in your paper about uh, with I think uh, that I saw about what happens now with Arizona, mm-hmm. uh, what happens mm-hmm. rather with Washington State and Oregon State. Now there are some yeah, rumors yeah. around. I'm sure you're hearing them that what they want to do is keep their brand and invite people from another conference, most likely, you know, mostly the Mountain West, and yeah, and def- absorb definitely. that, absorb that mm-hmm. into the Pac-12. But figure they got the better brand. Here's the thing, though. That would sort of allow the Mountain West to abrogate their contracts, and I think Hawaii's got to be particularly vulnerable in that scenario. I totally agree. I totally agree because it's happened before. Yep. And um, the the Pac-12 could kind of cherry-pick the teams they want, really. So, you know. I think... You know, I saw Memphis was even mentioned in that. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So I think a little relationship building is in order here. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I'm hoping Craig Angelis, I mean, he's very aware of this stuff. And I'm, I'm hoping that he's uh, kind of re- doing some reach outs with uh, both uh, Oregon State and Washington State. Because yeah. some you know, relationships make a big difference in these things. Yeah, yeah. No, no question. Tell me that. Yeah, and build your build up a program with basketball and all those other sports, and also try to get a stadium. Really, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's so, that has to happen. Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah. a it's a big it's I think it's a big issue right now because when people come out, they're like, 
wow, that's really not first rate. Yeah. And, and I think it has to get to be first rate. Hey, Curtis, I got to go. Thanks so much. All right. Good luck to the 49ers this week. Yeah, good luck to the Giants. All, All right. right, thanks. Well, that's a tougher <laughs> yeah. task. Right. Thank you. And uh, Curtis Mariama, who's the sports editor at the Honolulu Star Advertiser, we got to take a quick break. Let me remind you, you can win $1,000 in cash grand prize and $100 in weekly prizes in ESPN Honolulu's Pigskin Picks, brought to you by M. Dyer Global and Young's Fish Market. Visit ESPNHonolulu.com right now to register. Welcome back to the Bobby Curran Show and Liz Stacy in today for Tanner Hayworth. We got a lot of things to talk about. I'm going to just go right out on a limb and say this. If I have to pick the Super Bowl this year, from what I've seen so far, it's the Niners against the Dolphins. And I think it would be incredibly entertaining. And Hawaii fans, of course, would love it because we still all root for two. At least I certainly do. Anything two is doing, I'm paying attention to. Felt that way about Marcus. He doesn't get much of a chance now. He's a backup and a valued teammate, but he doesn't get much of a chance to be center stage. Tua is, I think, is the guy who's the Dolphins' hopes rest on. He's that, he's that good, which is, and the 49ers would be a worthy, that would be a worthy opponent. I would love to see it. Now, Liz has a couple of texts that have come in. Go ahead and fire away, Liz. Yeah, the first one's actually kind of on theme with what you just said. It's from the 258. It says, Bobby, what if Herbert had Tua's weapons? Well, maybe, but I, you know, I don't know. He's, he's not bereft of weapons. So to me, that's, that goes along with at the end of the day, you got to win. If you're paid the money that he is, keep in mind, Tua's still on the rookie contract. I mean, well, he's got the, they picked up the option, but that's it. He doesn't have the big extension. I think he's in, in line for it. I think if he stays healthy, there's no doubt that he'll be right among the highest-paid quarterbacks in the league. But, you know, who knows? I mean, Herbert's a good quarterback. There's no question. But I think right now, no one ever, when you get to the Super Bowl, no one ever says, oh, gee, he had all the weapons. I mean, when, when Joe Montana was winning Super Bowls in San Francisco, were people crying to him? Like, well, he's, how good is he because he has all the weapons? Well, you, you have what you got. I mean, I think that's how it is. But I think, too, he's done a great job. And the coaches have put him in, in positions where he can win. And two is good enough with his feet to extend plays. He can pick up first downs when necessary. He's never, it's not, don't get this confused. I'm not saying he's a running quarterback. But he can do a lot of things. I think he probably is a better runner than Herbert is. I don't think he has the arm strength of Herbert, but I think he's more accurate. And I think we can prove that statistically. What was he last week, 80-something percent? It's crazy. Tua can get the ball, put the ball on a receiver in motion, and that's a valuable, valuable virtue. But anyway, you got another one. Yeah, from Thomas and Cyrus, bringing it back to Warrior football a little bit. It says, good morning, Bobby Curran. Been watching the last touchdown to Nishigaya. The slant, just fabulous gobos. Hey, he's so right about that. By the way, Kowali Nishigaya, who's a St. Louis guy, is one of my favorite UH players because, you know, there's proof. That how much you want to play, how much your dedication and commitment is, is a big determinant. It's not, it's not just because you're 6'3 and 215 that you're going to be the best receiver. It's the guy that pays attention. He watches tapes. He knows how to get free in a zone against a zone. 
Uh, and he's got great hands and instincts. I love watching Kowali. That was a big play. You're right. And, uh, oh, he was right. Anyway, Shager, and now some people, I'm hearing on the street a lot of criticism of Braden Shager. Okay, I don't, I would say Braden Shager is not Colt Brennan. He's not a guy that, you know, just comes up on his own and improvises in crazy ways to make plays that are darn near unbelievable as Colt Brennan did. But he is, I think, with, a good, with good protection, he's accurate. He is uh, unflappable. He does not panic uh, in the big moments. So, you know, would that be a really good thing to see that continue to grow? I think this team will be as good as, it often, as, good as it, its offensive line develops. That's my thought watching them so far. And uh, who knows? I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm ever hopeful. And I like Timmy Chang. And I think when you're a quarterback with a brand-new AD and you're not his guy, you better be good. That's just saying. I don't think, uh, I don't think he's in immediate da danger or anything like that. I think, uh, fortunately, AD Craig Angeles has a lot of fish to fry here. He's got a lot of things going on. But he's paying att close attention to the, to the various sports. I can promise you that. And, uh, and I've talked to him. I had a, kind of a nice chat with him yesterday. And, uh, you know, I think he's in the right I think he's on to the right things. He's got a vision for this, and that's necessary. All right, how are we doing on time? Good. we got 38 minutes. If you want to text us or call us, how much of an impediment do you think it would be if the rest of the Mountain West becomes part of the Pac-12? What does Hawaii have to do to get invited? I would say start with this. Get moving on the new stadium. You have got to improve your facilities to be attractive. And with improved facilities, I also think the budget has to change. It's going to go up. That's just how it is. So I, I, that would be my take, but you may have one as well. Give us a, uh, give us a text right now at 808-296-1420. What does Hawaii need to do to be invited into a new version of the Pac-12? Much more possible now than ever before because it's not going to look like the Pac-12. But it could be a very interesting conference, I think. It's uh, 39 minutes past the hour. If you have something special that you'd like to get to us with, because I do think, I do think we got a lot going on here. I am very anxious to talk a little uh, UH basketball. Uh, later in the week, we'll have uh, John Montgomery on with us, the assistant coach, who's been heading up the defense for all these years. He's a coordinator, really. He's got, uh, I think he's got a very bright future. We're going to talk to him. And I think this UH basketball team is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Just wanted to throw that in because we have some future guests that are really interesting. We also are going to have Mark Rolfing tomorrow. Now, we have two guests because Jacob Yorick can only go at the very top of the hour. So we're going to open with him tomorrow. And then at the bottom of the hour, we're live from Rome, we're going to get a preview of the Ryder Cup from Mark Rolfing. So that'll be I'm really looking forward to that uh, tomorrow. So we've got some time now if you want to call or text. And uh, talking with Curtis is always great because he's so humble. He won't even let on how much he knows about the 49ers. I think he thinks that I know so much that people are going to think I'm weird. And, uh, but no, I, but I wouldn't because that's your team. I get it. I get that you know uh, way more than maybe most people would ever know about their teams. And uh, that's cool. I think that's part of the fun. Go ahead if you have something right now. It's a great time. We're open, and it's 808-296-1420 to call or text. Let's, I want to talk about something else 
coaching decisions in the NFL. I mean, I think you get some bad ones. I think Josh uh, Daniels made some mistakes last night. That's just my thought. He's Now he's the head coach of the Raiders. Did he give his team a real chance? Uh, you know, when he, when he made the decision to forego the field goal? I, I don't know. I, I think he probably should have done that. I wonder if he's admitting to that this morning. And, hey, Liz, see if you can find anything online there that you have on, uh, uh, was there any mea culpa from uh, Josh McDaniels? I don't know. Maybe there was. I don't know. I, to me, to me, when you make a mistake like that, what do you do? Do you gloss over it? There have been a lot of coaches who I think have just glossed over anything that's gone wrong for them or any mistakes they've made in the game, and other people own it. We'll see what Josh McDaniels did last night. And, uh, go, and again, call us or text us, and we'd love to, to have your thought on it. Uh, by the way, being, having been to Allegiant Stadium and uh, getting a chance to call a game there, that was, uh, that was fun. You, it's a warren behind the scenes there. You can easily get lost. As I, I mentioned, my, uh, my, my group of uh, weary camel traders, was we took forever to get to the press box. But finally got there. Really nice view. Everything was fine that way. And uh, the only problem was the wrong team won. And which always colors my view of the stadium. So I hate to say that. And when Hawaii gets a great victory somewhere or even just plays really well, as they did in a very close loss at Alabama, I mean, they just ran out of time in that, that day. And, uh, and that's the one they could have won. And so I had good feelings about Tuscaloosa and that stadium. Uh, but there are sometimes you don't get such a good feeling. I'll tell you where I really didn't enjoy the experience much was Michigan. Because people will talk about, oh, yeah, it's the big house and all oh, the tradition. And it does. It has all that. What it doesn't have is a coach who even allows the media to have two deeps. There's another, there's another guy around somewhere in football I just heard last week that's doing the same thing. It's not providing a depth chart. So you have no idea past. You got starters typically because you can see them. But you have no idea who's next man up ever, which I think is not, shouldn't be allowed. I think there should be a serious fine. For, for defying the conventions like that. And that's, that's a Harbaugh thing. You know, he, you know, to me, Jim Harbaugh, you know, he goes on sleepovers at Recruits House? Come on. That's weird. Does anybody else agree that that's weird? He's a little bit of a different kind of guy. You're really going to go bring your pajamas and have your Cheerios the next morning with the family? Come on. There's a limit. And to me, that crosses it. And I, I think there ought to be a rule. No sleepovers at Recruits Houses. You know, I don't think that would be too far to go. Although I don't I'm, think that's a lot to ask. At no, all. the bar is low. And, and the other thing is, after Mel Tucker, whose lawyer is fighting furiously to retain some of his $77 million, which the school is saying it's not paying, they're going to have to go to court to try and get at least a piece of that back. I have no idea whether, his, whether he's got a case. I mean, it just seems from the things I read were so sordid and so over the top that it made me think that he's, that money's gone. I don't think he's going to get that. And uh, you have to make, can you imagine what his wife thinks? Oh, we were really comfortable. We're planning our future and a nice retirement with $77 million. And now we have to get back on the, uh, on the, on the greasy stairwell. I mean, God, I can imagine her being absolutely furious with him. Not only the offense, of what he reportedly did with 
And, and you chose a woman whose job, whose life is as an activist against sexual harassment and abuse? Are you kidding me? I mean, that is almost like you couldn't write that. You couldn't write that up in a script and have anyone take you seriously. It's too ridiculous. But that's, the, that's where Mel Tucker is right now today. Not a good spot. Now, I kind of think Michigan State's going to plummet a little bit. And there's been a resurgence kind of at Penn State. Their shutout win against Iowa was impressive. Ohio State, even though my opinion watching that game was they got slightly outplayed by Notre Dame, I thought Notre Dame kind of gave that game away late. But uh, Ohio State is very, very good, no question about that. Uh, I don't, and I think, uh, you know, I think Michigan's going to be good again, of course. I don't know if they're great, but they're certainly good. I like their quarterback. And, you know, some teams are just slightly above average, and that's how I think of, say, Wisconsin. I mean, they're good. They, yes, they're good, and they've been good, but they're in the right division. They've been good for a long time. Uh, but, but they've not been, they rarely could say they were great. I just think that's very typical in the Big Ten, and, and which is now, I don't even, hey, can we start to make schools like, use their conference name to reflect the number of teams. I've, to have the Big Ten have 12, to have the Big 12 have 16, what's the sense of that? Why are we continuing to call it that? Why don't we say change the name to reflect the number of schools in your conference or just name it something else with nothing to do with the numbers? Let's do this. Let's take a quick time out. This is Tuesday morning on the Bobby Curran Show at ESPN Honolulu. Welcome back uh, to the Bobby Curran Show on this Tuesday morning. We have a couple of things to let you know. And following me, we're going to have a fill-in for the uh, sports animals. It's going to be Cole Malhoff and along with Tiff Wells. And they will bring you up to date on the breaking news in sports and all the other good things. I want to get back a little bit to where we've been today. And that's largely uh, on the, in the NFL. And, and I think there's some games that are upcoming on this going to be a Detroit at Green Bay game. I'm a believer in Detroit and I'm not so much a believer yet on Jordan Love and the Packers. I think there I think Jordan Love looks like he's improved. Don't know that he's quite on the Jared Goff level who's doing a nice job running the offense for Dan Campbell. So I I am sort of thinking that Detroit would would deserve a nod in that one. Granted, I get it that it's Thursday, uh, but and some people hate Thursday games, but you and it's at you know, Lambo, so that would say you know maybe the Packers, but I don't know. I mean, why is then Detroit a favorite? Now it's small; they're only uh, one and a half, but I do think the fact that they're favorite tells me a lot of the NFL guys, because home field in the NFL is worth four points, so I'm thinking that they feel like. Detroit's the better team. And, and I kind of do, too. That, according to the eye test, I do, too, uh, which is interesting. Again, you can call or text us right now if you like, 808-296-1420, um, and uh, go ahead and fire it up. We've got a couple of minutes, and we will take a text or a call if we get one. Um, co taking a look at some of the other games uh, coming up this week, 
you know, Cincinnati is at Jack at Tennessee. I think this is going to be a big game because Cincinnati just avoided with a comeback. They avoided starting off, you know, winless. If that had happened, if you get to 0-3 in the NFL, I don't think you're going anywhere. In 1-2 and two is no joyride. But I'm just saying now things are possible. And if I think if Joe Burrow improves his health, if he gets better and feels better and becomes more mobile, I think Cincinnati will be the danger they've always been. So I kind of think Cincinnati, I don't know what's happening with Tennessee. I'm not certain what's going on with that franchise. I'm looking at some of the other ones that are kind of interesting. It's, a, it's an inside-the-division race, but at Philly this week, the Washington Commanders, who have thoughts of an upset brewing. Now, will they get it? I don't have, have any idea. But I don't think Philadelphia has been, how would I put it? They've not been spectacular. Yesterday's funny 25-11 win over the Tampa Bay Bucks is not something that makes me think, wow, they're really, really good. I don't think that. And uh, not right now. They haven't done enough to make you, to make anyone believe that. I'm taking a look at some of the other games. I'll tell you one team that's sort of been unimpressive. That's the Chargers. I mean, I, I don't, does anyone think the Chargers look like anything close to a Super Bowl team at this point? I don't. I just don't see it yet. And that's why when the guy asked me, oh, they want to say, oh, isn't, isn't Justin Herbert, although they're not rude about it. Anymore, No one says uh, it was ridiculous that the Dolphins took Tongo Vailoa when they could have had Justin Herbert. There's probably people that still think that, but you couldn't say. Right now, if they had an MVP race that was called after the three weeks, it's Tua Tongo Vailoa. I don't think this is even that close. I mean, he has been fa fabulous. And then you can start to nitpick, oh, yeah, but he's got great weapons. Well, of course, the GM's going to get them the best weapons they can. Any quarterback will get the best weapons that, and if it doesn't, if it doesn't get productive, blame the GM. But I don't see why you blame the quarterback himself because he's got good people to. Uh, it's like blaming a, a baseball team because their pitching is so good. Come on, that's not, uh, that's not really reasonable. I don't think. We're coming up on the 56 uh, minutes past the hour, so we're very close to having the, uh, the other guys uh, stepping in here for. Uh, and we'll finish the uh, next two hours, which will be fun for you because I think the next couple of days you're going to be inundated with, uh, with good stuff uh, from Las Vegas. And that should, that'll be fun because we, uh, this is the first year I haven't gone on one of these. But it's, uh, it's always a good time. I mean, you're eating in better, nicer restaurants. I mean, all that stuff is uh, – and then practice, and seeing practice. They don't usually practice at the Legion Field. That'll be done probably – I assume, at UNLV. want to thank uh, Curtis Muriama, the sports editor at the Honolulu Star Advertiser, for his visit with us today. And he's very high on the 49ers, and I understand why. want to thank uh, Liz Stacy also for coming in and uh, helping me this morning. That'll do it for the Bobby Curran Show from all of us at ESPN Honolulu. Aloha. <laughs>